Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 461, contains a stepfather, having the blues, having the breaks, and an interview with the award-winning feature dancer, Miss Parker. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 461 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for a second episode in a row is the man, the myth, the legend, the admiral of the A-game, and the master of his domain. His draft stock continues to to rise because of his athletic sexual abilities. He is the five-step father. Keep it rolling, Dangle. Keep it rolling. <laughs> What's going on, my friend? Not too much. Is that a Limp biscuit reference, by the way? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we talk about Limp biscuits on this show, Dangle. Oh, you are just... All of our biscuits are quite firm, yeah i don't know could that be the porn parody of fred durst and that band be firm biscuits firm biscuit that's actually not a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) but now i have to go and listen to limp biscuit damn it sorry i enjoy them i'm one of those people and apparently they just released some new music because i caught the end of a music video that they did like that, has, oh, okay. that isn't bad. Like, damn it. So, how are things in the fine stepfather land? As always, Dangle, life's too short to complain about it. Mm. Enjoy what you can. Oh, brilliant advice early in this episode. I love it. Are you gardening this year? I am rebuilding my garden. Oh. Uh, I feel like I'm always rebuilding my garden, but. Uh, <laughs> When I get it to the point where everything grows the way I want it to, I'll be dead. That's right. <laughs> but much much like myself, my garden is a work in improvement. Mm. So we'll keep working on both of them. Man, I love this positivity and forward thinking stepfather. You know, it's got it, it's good. It, I think garden. The fun thing about gardening is it just gives you time to think and be with yourself. And you know, normally when I'm with myself, I'm always playing with myself. Sometimes I gotta relax. I need to find things to do with my hands. Right. Otherwise, mm. not gonna have much skin left. Dangle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a gardener. In a okay. perfect world, my house would be surrounded by pond stone. Or just cement painted green to look like grass. As type, I don't say type A, as kind of OCD as I get on occasion, gardening is not my thing. Because where you go to garden to escape 
be able to be introspective and silent and enjoy the outdoors. I'm like, fuck this plant. <laughs> well, it always starts off that way. Oh, okay. It always starts off that way every year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna set it up. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna take my time with it, and then I forget to water about August, and everything starts to wilt and suck. <laughs> but I grow hot peppers really well because evidently neglect is what makes them grow. <laughs> so the the real reason, the real truth behind why I like spicy food is because that's what I grow the best. <laughs> Man, how do you get your peppers to grow so good? <laughs> Hate and shame. Right. <laughs> Nothing. I scoff at it when I walk past it every day. <laughs> you suck, plants. Ooh. <laughs> said hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he acknowledged my existence. We're Here's gonna... a pepper. Blink. <laughs> We're going to get spicy. <laughs> See, they think they're doing they're they're getting me back by being extra spicy, and that's what I'm looking for. So, mm. neglect is the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were BDS BDSMing <laughs> your plants like that. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> I, you kind of need to make that a video. <laughs> You dirty little jalapeno, you. <laughs> you think you deserve water? You don't deserve any water. You got to beg for it. <laughs> Stick my finger in the soil. Nope. Still too wet. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dry out, you dirty little pepper, you. <laughs> you want this water, don't you? I just, <laughs> I just stand there with a fucking watering can. You want it. I know you want it. Tell me you want it. <laughs> and you're literally watching the pepper change colors because it's so aroused. It's going from like green to orange to red. Who knew you could edge a fucking elevator? <laughs> yeah, you got a watering can in one hand, a bull whip in the other. You have like this mini ball gag on the pepper. Your number your neighbors are like, I'm getting the fuck out of this town. <laughs> this is gonna be the name of my first comedy special edging the jalapeno <laughs> oh that oh that is tremendous i i'm literally writing that down because i need to make this happen oh i have so many notes of shit i want to put on either youtube or something but i mean this one this may be the groundbreaker <laughs> oh my hot peppers <laughs> perfect all right uh, see people think when we talk about stuff on this show we start these beginnings they're like oh here they go they're just talking about their home life and this is what we do we turn it into the most depraved thing you could possibly picture when it comes to peppers everything is sexual if you want it to be that's right i had a friend i mean this is back in college that was very uh, impressed at the level of how I could turn everything into a dirty conversation. He was driving. He had his girlfriend in the passenger seat. I was in the back seat. And he actually kind of bragged to her about, like, you don't understand. Dangle can make anything dirty. <laughs> She's like, really? I said, yeah, pretty much. And she goes, okay. And for, like, the half hour that we were in the car driving, she would just throw out these very innocuous topics 
and I could turn them all dirty quickly and very well. And she was actually very impressed by it. That's what I do. That's right. That's why I have the show I do now. This has been in development for decades. So fine stuff, Father. Have you ever experienced what society has deemed to be blue balls? I, I want to say once or twice whenever I was in college. I had to think about it because it, it had to be a while back. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, these days it's either happening or it's not. That anticipation is not there. But uh, I believe, yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely in college. I had a few moments as well through my college years, and I definitely had one that you were somewhat a part of. I know. Because <laughs> I hacked your ring doorbell. No. Um, if you remember many, many years ago, we did the 30-day no-stroke challenge. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Where I did not masturbate for a full month. And I talked about the symptoms of me not doing that. And uh, that there was some definite blue ballage during that time. But yeah, I don't think I've had a lot of moments where it has been uh, exaggerated as much as some people make it to be. I think if you go back and we uh, document, you know, since it was a podcast, uh, when that actually occurred, that you may have been the originator of No Nut November, Dangle. You're not wrong. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't think that's even at the point where listeners can go back and get it. Like, oh, that was like in the episode, like in the 80s, I believe. Right. Only if only if they had downloaded it, uh, did they have access to it. Right, right. But it, we still got to find a way to get those shows either on Patreon or some kind of subscription because... Right. We got to make that happen. But when it comes to blue balls, men are not the only people who suffer. From this article from the New York Post, blue vulva is just as real and awful as blue balls, doctor reveals. Anything like blue waffle? Don't look it up. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to hate myself. What is blue waffle? Uh, it's a condition. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Okay. Move on. Okay. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, when you're saying don't look <laughs> that. Wow. Wow. All right. I, I'm going to cut it out. What is blue waffle? I don't, I don't know exactly what causes it. You got to Google it. Oh, it's, it's not good. Oh no. Okay. I'm sorry, listeners. Don't do it. But if you do, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize for both of us. Feeling blue? Blue balls are believed to only plague men, but a doctor is claiming women can suffer from the same physical sensation dubbed blue vulva. Now, I don't know if you know this term, blue pearl, as a bruised clitoris. (laughs) Ah, On her YouTube channel, urologist and pelvic surgeon Dr. Rena Malik detailed the phenomenon, saying it occurs when women are aroused but don't achieve climax. A 2019 Cosmopolitan article sniffed at the writhing cry of men with seemingly debilitating 
debilitating blue balls, brushing it off as mild discomfort rather than searing agony. But now they know. The bothersome sensation, the author wrote, is a card men have played, quote, since the dawn of time as a way to convince women that we have to follow through, end quote. However, the uncomfortable and at times rather painful feeling down under isn't actually a ploy at all, Dr. Malik said. It's real and it can even happen to women. In case of testicles, the sensation involves an increased blood flow to the nether region, which, if unaccompanied by the big O, can leave the sexually stimulated feeling a little, well, blue. (laughs) That's kind of funny. The blood flow to the penis and testicles increases, causing the testicles to get a little bigger and more firm, Malik said on her YouTube explainer. If you're having prolonged arousal and it's not getting released through orgasm or ejaculation, the blood does leave the area, but it can leave this uncomfortable heaviness feeling in the genitalia. The name isn't just referring to how sad the sexually frustrated person is. In fact, the temporary and non-life-threatening condition can even make the scrotum a bluish color. Consider the myth busted. If there's no possible way to achieve climax, Malik recommends lying down on one's back, using a chilled compress, or even indulging in a shiver-inducing spray. Quote, a cold shower will constrict the blood vessels and take away the blood from the area, she advised. So, fine stepfather, another revelation on this show Just as we talked about men exaggerating the size of their penis in the last episode. With this episode, men getting blue balls. This is legitimate, but women can also get blue vulva. Equality. That's what I say, Tangle. Yeah, 100%. And I believe my first car was a 1976 blue vulva. Oh, okay. Okay, I heard they're safe. (laughs) They're they're extremely safe, yes. Yeah. I couldn't see how this wouldn't be true because right. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a combination of, you know, high energy, anticipation and disappointment, much like most of the women I've had sex. Oh, with. you stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how, where in your brain, because you are so alpha, you make it about them in my brain. I just make it self deprecation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're on the show. You bring the man's man to the show. Yeah, buddy. Yes. Yeah, so it it only makes sense that women could also have this. You're right. It is about being overstimulated with no sign of release. So, of course they're going to have Blue Vulva, which I also believe it. was a song by Bobby Darren in the seven, in the 60s. <laughs> She wore blue vulva. Uh, I didn't expect to hear that, but that was perfect. <laughs> oh, I can wish I, I wish I could remember the guy that got famous with that song. Damn it. Yeah, so I think if we've learned anything from this article, don't be a tease. <laughs> right you know have a plan in place 
to either relieve yourself of these sensations. Be careful of too much foreplay because that'll definitely do it. Because I've had it where you have those makeout sessions that last forever and then you get to the sex and then your balls start bouncing around and it's kind of painful. Well, there you go. Yeah. There are ways around this. Please take care of yourself when it comes to it. But men, please respect the ladies when it comes to the possibility of them getting blue vulva. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is stuck in my head now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be singing that. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now the next story, find stepfather. Sometimes the world is not a nice place. And I hate to say that, but it can be a little difficult for the men out there. This article comes from thechive.com. Man breaks penis while performing the world's most dangerous sex position. Well, they don't call it the world's most dangerous sex position for nothing. That's right. An unnamed 37-year-old man in Indonesia showed up to his local emergency room complaining of pain and a swift loss of erection after an accident in the bedroom. He was also experiencing bloody discharge and was having difficulty urinating. The man presented with what professionals describe as the eggplant deformity. That sounds like a horror movie. It definitely does. Yes. The, My legs just got weak. <laughs> It'd be the, the greatest horror movie ever, but definitely a horror movie. The procedure saw surgeons clean the site of the injury, repair the two ruptured tubes, and stitch up his urethra. Medics performed an artificial erection test, there you go, to ensure there was no leakage from the wounds and that the penis did not bend abnormally. The penis was then stitched back up and covered with a bandage. The man's member was still blue three days later when the bandage was removed. Well, I would imagine so. (laughs) (laughs) Hang in there, stepfather. The man said he heard a cracking sound when he and his partner were enjoying the reverse cowgirl position. That is the most dangerous position. Many doctors agree that reverse cowgirl is the world's most dangerous sex position because a man's penis can slip out and be crushed by his partner's pubic bone during erratic thrusting. Oh, no. I, I don't hear the stepfather at all. He may have passed out. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm rethinking my moves now, Dangle. It'll do that to you. For sure. I got to take that one out of the catalog. <laughs> I don't uh, want that happening. No, you definitely. That's That's a bad day for everybody. Yeah, that's a horrible day. Yikes. I mean, I think most men have had those moments in their sexual history where they've come out too far from their partner and either slam the taint or hit the piece of furniture that they were on. I've done that myself, where I was standing, the person was laying on a kitchen table, and it was rather vigorous, and the person was moving and the table was moving and came out just a little bit too far, and I caught the the edge of the table, and... Ow. It, it hurt. It, it took me a while to get over it. I got back to it. 
because that's how I am. I don't give up. But I think most men have had those moments, but I cannot imagine breaking it. That's, nah. that's just bad. Yikes. I'm sure you have had your moments because you are the Wilt Chamberlain of Western Pennsylvania. I don't think most listeners know that. You know, I mean, I've definitely banged it, slammed it on, you know, but uh, I've limped through a couple sessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We made it through, but I've never, uh, never broken. Thank goodness. Don't want it to happen. Now I'm afraid. I am very afraid <laughs> now because it's a position that I would like to try because I haven't had partners that just because of our physical setup, we could manage that position. Okay. So I, I need to try it. And now I'm really worried. Hmm. Well, it's in that definitely it's going to be in your head the next time you, when you do go to do it. It it truly is. You're going to be like, slow down. <laughs> slow down. You're going to break it. <laughs> don't bounce so high. Oh. Right. I don't know. Well, we, we will find out. If I do manage to experience this position, I will let the listeners know and we will see how it goes and see if people are just doing it wrong. Because you see it so much in adult films. So, and don't get me wrong, those men have a little bit more length to play with, so it's a little less dangerous. I don't know. That just makes the focal point of the snap a little bit easier. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. I can't even imagine. So be careful out there, pervert nation. It can get a little dangerous. Speaking of dangerous, fine stepfather, I was able to go to Rick's Cabaret. Night at Penn, downtown Pittsburgh. To watch the phenomenal feature dancer, Miss Parker. Thank you very much to Rick's Cabaret for the opportunity to speak with her before her feature show. She is someone that like many people that do adult films, feature dancing, anything within that genre, have a really hard time keeping social media established. So it took me a little while to kind of work through her social media and how to find different clips of her, because she does have a YouTube page, which we talk about on the show. I was really excited to be able to talk to her because she brings a lot of personality, high energy, an amazing show to the stage. But one thing, and we talk about it in the interview, that she has, and it is fantastic to watch. Men are captivated, if not hypnotized, by flexible women. I don't know what it is, but there's something very primal in our brains about it. It's just you run rampant with the way it would look during sex. And it's almost like people that are able to be flexible are just more sexual people. You know, it's just, it's really strange how that energy works. But uh, we do the interview. Great interview. We talk about so many different things. She puts somebody on blast. Can't wait for that because it is really, really funny. (laughs) But she comes up on stage and she has her routine and she's going through it. And as she is undressing, she is standing and she's facing the patrons sitting by the stage. She bends down like she is going to touch her toes. 
and continues to pull her body through her legs. So she's basically looking at her own butthole. <laughs> it was so impressive. It has been a really long time since I have seen someone that flexible. And, you know, the DJ's playing this music and the crowd is going. And when she did that, it was like a record scratch. Like the sounds just stopped in the club because everyone was like, whoa. And there were a number of women sitting at the stage. And I like that because it seems like we actually talk about it in the interview when you have featured dancers and not adult performers on stage because they're putting on that show and it's sexual, but they are not having sex as they're living. It seems like women kind of connect with that a little bit more. It's more entertaining for them. And I think it ends up bringing them back to the club and bringing more women to the club. Miss Parker brings a lot of women to the club. Anyway, she has a very good reputation for that. But even the women were like, damn, that's good. They were all kind of golf clapping at it. Like, that is absolutely amazing. And she's doing her stage show, and she walks down to the other end of the stage and does something very similar. She was on the pole, and she just does this crazy split. And even over the DJ music and all of the people excited to see the show, I hear this guy go, gah. Because he was just like, that is amazing. And he just like literally just threw all his money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. That's right. I'm out of here. I'm done. But she just puts on an absolutely killer show. Find her social media. If she's coming to a club near you, go to see her. She's very sweet, easy to laugh, beautiful smile. But her stage show is just out of this world. It is why it is so award-winning because she is so good at it. So, and you know what else is award-winning stepfather? It is you. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you, Dangle. It's always a good time. Absolutely. So one and all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please enjoy my interview with Miss Parker Please take care of yourselves and the people around you. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like the ones that you have heard on this show. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. Please be careful when doing the world's most dangerous sex position. And of course, keep calm and dang along. Mm, don't worry. Dick would be coming back. Hi, this is Angela Summers, and you're dangling after dark with Dick Dangle. Mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the pervert nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle.
Welcome back to Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. I am at Rick's Cabaret in downtown Pittsburgh, and my guest is the complete package when it comes to showgirl and feature dancing. She is racking up the awards with her contortionist and aerialist ways, including the 2022 EDI East Best Dancer and Showgirl Grand Champion, the 2022 Night Moves Duo Competition Grand Champion, and the Panda 2023 Feature of the Year. And I hope she has a trophy case big enough for the bright future ahead of her as the career continues to expand and blossom. She is the incredible Miss Parker. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So before we get started, can you tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media. Yes. Um, actually, right now, I'm a little butthurt over the whole social media thing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, my Instagram and everything keeps getting deleted. So I've just put in, been putting all my time and effort into my Facebook page. Oh, okay. So you can go follow me on Facebook, okay? Uh, that is Miss Parker Feature Entertainer on Facebook. Please go give that a follow, a like. I do have other socials, obviously, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, but I just, like I said, I'm butthurt with them, so I haven't been putting any time or energy into those pages, just my Facebook one, Yeah. Um, but I, I do have all those, so if you were to go to my Facebook page, you can find my all my links and that'll take you to all my links. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will get into social media in a little bit. But let's start with the easiest of questions. What was your draw to feature dancing, and how did your career begin? Uh, I started back in 2007 as a house dancer. I house danced for about 10 years, and I just I wanted to do something more with it. I wanted people okay. to see that there was more to just being a stripper, that there is an entertainment aspect of it, that there is an art, and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication to do a lot of the things that we do. You do I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of, you know, entertainers that go up there and just, you know, make their booties clap and stuff like that, which, I mean, no shame, whatever, but yeah. to go on and do more, there's a lot to it, and I wanted people to see that side of it. Yeah. How did you develop your show style when it comes to feature dancing? Like, how did you develop your quote-unquote act? I wanted to be able to touch a little bit of everything that I can do. Mm. I do contortion, pole tricks, aerial, chair acro. I was a professional go-go dancer for a few years. So when I do my shows, I want to be able to touch a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I'm also starting to do hand balancing and the hand balancing canes. So I just, I want to have variety in my shows. I don't, I don't want it to be boring. Yeah. I want there to be constant. Oh, wow. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. I, and we'll get into some of that as well. Were there, other feature dancers that you kind of looked up to or motivated you to get into feature dancing? When I first started, the only feature dancers that I really saw were the porn stars because I'm from Michigan. So a lot of the Michigan-based clubs, they only booked the porn stars. Mm -hmm. So when I seen those girls come in, I'm like, you know, I I don't necessarily want to go down the porn route, but I do want to be the headliner of the club. 
then once I got into featuring, I did start seeing other showgirls. I saw um, Natasha Nova, Justice, uh, Charzane, Janine Jericho, a lot of, you know, those girls who have, not only do they have a lot of elements to their show, but they have the full overall show. Yeah. How many different shows do you go into during a feature weekend? Like, how often do you change your routines? Oh, do I change them? Um, so, all of my shows are actually originally competition pieces. Okay. So, they have a general structure to them. Mm-hmm. But when I am performing on a booking, they're going to be completely different every single time. Okay. Because I play off the crowd a lot. Mm-hmm. So I go up there like, okay, this is how my show goes for competition purpose. But being that it's a booking, people want your attention. They're going right. to come up to the stage. They're like, hey, I'm here with money. Put your butt in my face. <laughs> right. So, you know, you can't really be like, oh, I'm supposed to be hitting this trick at this time. So it just, you freestyle it. Mm-hmm. You have the the basic structure of your show, but then you feed off the crowd, you play with the crowd, and it's more of a, of a freestyle when it's a booking. Do you have a fan favorite routine that you keep coming back to or you bring out on special occasions, almost like a band that has like a signature encore song? There is, oh gosh, I, I do this one move that if anyone is up by my tip rail... Uh-oh. And they are being generous. Um, I like to be generous, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, I get very up in your face. And, um, yes, there, there is this one little, like, flippy move that I do. My butt goes right in your face. And don't worry. I am a trained professional. You will not get pink eye. It's all good. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. So, I mean, I guess you could say that is my little signature thing that I like to do with the crowd. Um, and I also, from what I've been told, I, I do put on a very intense wet show. Oh, okay. So people like that. There's this couple at the Tipper last night. The girl, oh my gosh, it was amazing. She was so into it. I got her so wet. And I'm not just talking about in her panties. (laughs) I mean, she was just soaked head to toe. I mean, like her makeup was starting to run and she was just loving it. And it it was it was great. I I live for those moments. (laughs) And it must be a fun moment because even though over the you know, 13 plus years I've been coming to clubs. The amount of women coming to clubs is definitely going up. I don't think they expect to see something like that. So when they do, it makes them want to come back to the club and see other more featured dancers, less porn stars, but it wants them to come back to the club. That's got to be a great feeling. Yes. I love female customers. Mm. I cannot say that enough. And not going to lie, the ladies love me too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very hard to believe. (laughs) I do. I love the female customers because they want to see a show. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys, they just show me your butthole. You know, that's all they care about, you know? So, I mean, like, when you have the ladies in there and you do the pole tricks and then they're like, oh, my gosh, Jim, did you see that? Give her money. Right. You're like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Give me your money, Jim. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not only have I judged a competition for 
a feature competition, uh, I also want to see the butthole. So I'm a yes. little, I'm a little of both. Won't lie. Yes. Now, you got to have that roundness. I mean, no pun intended. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a complete dangle. So another easy question. As you were developing this more, not necessarily aggressive, but this more intense feature act, did you have any injuries along the way? Or is there any kind of preventative maintenance because what you are doing is a little bit more intense physically? Oh, yes. Injuries are part of the game. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I am slowly still actually recovering from two shoulder injuries. And I got those last year right around this time. Oh, okay. Uh, for EDI East. And EDI East is actually getting ready to happen next month in Huntsville, Alabama. But I had, um, I had a deltoid strain mm-hmm. in my left and then in my right side, I had a trapezius spasm. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and those took several months to really start healing. And I'm, I'm not able to take any breaks. I'm in the gym, you know, six days a week for mm-hmm. at least two hours. And then I train at home on top of that. And then you got your bookings. So even when you try and take some time off, you really can't because your body is your job. Yeah, that. That's actually one of my questions. How do you take time off? Like, how do you do self-care? Because you are your main employee. And when you do take time off, that is truly money lost. Yes. Um, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I I just maybe ease up a little bit, take some Epsom salt baths, get massages on the regular... That's all I pretty much can do. Uh, make sure I take my vitamins. I try and eat healthy. Okay, I try. <laughs> my girlfriends are always on me about that. You need to eat. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I tr- okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously have an athletic background, which we will get into. Uh, but where do your physical abilities come from? Were you an athlete before dancing? Yes. Uh, I have been in competitive dance since the age of three. Oh, wow. So I did that for many years growing up. Then I was a cheerleader. I also played a few sports in school. But I do have a very strong dance background. Mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to interview a number of feature dancers, and all of them are amazing. Were there any dancers that helped you in the beginnings of your career with tips or advice, either on the performance side or on the business side? Oh, yes. I would say so, so many girls. Uh, Justice is one that me and her were in contact a lot. Same with Charzane, Michelle Lynn. Oh, I love oh, Michelle. Yes, yeah. I do too. Uh, Bailey Fox, I, Raven Kelly. I mean, there's just, there's so many of us that we're all really close friends. Mm-hmm. And we do, we call each other, whether it be with show ideas or, hey, I'm working on this move. You know, does it look right? Or what can I do to change it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and with day-to-day bullshit (laughs) so uh, so yes and and that was one thing that really surprised me when I first got into the industry 
Uh, I'm just so used to, especially women, being very catty and not wanting to see other women succeed. Mm. So when I joined, I was very, very cautious yeah. <laughs> and didn't know how to take it. But then when you see it's it, it is a big, huge family. Everybody is so supportive. And because we're all different and we bring so many different things to the table, we all want to see each other succeed. Mm-hmm. No two features are alike. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We all might do poll or, you know, we all might have this sort of thing in common, but when we all hit that stage, it's so different. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. In doing my research in preparation for this interview, I went to your YouTube channel and watched your Cruella DeVille routine. <laughs> and there was so much to enjoy about that first place show. But one thing that I really took away from it is how flexible you are. Was this something that came natural to you? Do you work at it or both? Yeah, I tell everyone I popped out my mom with both feet behind my head like <laughs> poor woman. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm joking. But I've I've always been blessed with being naturally flexible. Wow. Yes. So I should work a little bit more at it. If I were to work more at it, I would definitely hit my goals because I, I want to be more bendy. But, yeah, this is just like I can hop out of bed and, yeah, bend over and check my own butthole. It's like, That's impressive. Yeah, thanks. Wow. Most men, and by that I mean all men, and by that I mean me, are completely enamored with flexible women. When did you realize the jaw-dropping power that it had? Oh, I don't even know. Maybe like the first time I started doing flexible moves on stage. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh, okay, 101 ways to show your butthole. That's R- what this is. <laughs> That's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's rare to see someone with your flexibility also have the power that you have. And you call yourself a chair acrobat. And it is so impressive. What made you decide to use this ability as one of your signature talents? Nobody was doing it at the time when I first started featuring. Uh, I mean, it might have been done before me, but when I started, I had not seen anybody do any sort of chair acro on stage. If they brought a chair on the stage, it was to sit on. Right. And so I um, I actually started doing chair acro before I started featuring. Uh, 2015 is when I started messing around with the chair. And I was just in my living room, and I'm like, i wonder if I can do this. And so I started messing around with it. And then, yes, decided to bring it to the stage because it was a different element that no one was doing. Mm -hmm. Do you travel with your own chair so you have one that you know you can trust? Okay. (laughs) So if I am driving, like this booking I drove to. So I brought my own chair. She's been through a lot. She's, (laughs) She's bedazzled. She's oh, missing nice. a lot of her dazzles, but she's, <laughs> she still does work, okay? Um, <laughs> but no, actually, um, nine times out of ten, I'm flying, and I'm not paying for a folding chair. <laughs> so when I get into town, we you know make the Wally World trip, and I go and buy a metal folding chair. I, I shit you not. There is a metal folding chair that I have left behind at every single club <laughs> I have been to, 
And I leave it there for the sole purpose of when I come back in the future and for other features who mm-hmm. are needing to use a chair or whatever. That's a good And idea. it's so funny because DJ Swaggle at Michael's Men's Club in Lafayette, Louisiana, mm-hmm. I had brought my chair down there in 2019 when I competed in Stripper Olympics for the first year I competed in that. And my chair is still there, still there to this day. And he will sit there and randomly text me a picture of a different feature on it. Like, here's your chair. And I'm like, my chair is such a hoe. It gets more ass than me. Like, <laughs> It almost sounds like you need to make a signature performer chair. Oh, my gosh. I so do. Or I just need to have, like, everybody sign it. Like, that's what I should just start doing is just, here's my chair. Now everybody sign it. I like that, actually. (laughs) How do you travel? Like, it's got to be crazy with the outfits and the props. You have to, like, if you're going to maybe even a competition, you have to have a thousand suitcases. Oh, yeah. I try and travel as light as I possibly can. I feel like I am one of the lightest traveling features. Mm. (laughs) I have very minimal props and... All of that just because it is so expensive. You're paying for each suitcase. And then if you have heavy things in there, you have that extra weight. And it does. It, it is a lot. So in instances where I do drive, like this weekend, it's nice because I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But, yeah, driving is... <laughs> <laughs> it has its pros and cons. Okay? Like, yes. Yes, it does. You have really been tearing up the showgirl competition circuit. Uh, I mentioned a few of the awards that you won in your introduction, but you've also taken them the 2021 Golden G-String Grand Championship and the 2021 Strimper Olympics Grand Championship. Congratulations on all of your success. Your talent is obvious, but are you surprised at the reception and appreciation that you have received at these competitions? Yes, it's always very humbling uh, when you see your hard work pay off and then when you get praised from other people or even people that are like, I look up to you. You're, it, it's still shocking mm-hmm. and he, every time that I hear it. And a lot of house girls, when they come up to me and they tell me like, oh, I've been waiting to see you or meet you or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's really heartfelt and I'm not going to lie. I, I, I am a big softy. So Aww. I'm like, please, I, I need to have my eyelashes stay on. <laughs> right. Try them off. <laughs> <laughs> One of the awards I mentioned was the Night Moves Duo competition win. Uh, who was your partner and what was the theme? Charzane. Oh, nice. Yes, okay. me and Charzane did that, which was, it was amazing, to be honest. I mean, we had a lot of over-the-phone conversations about what we were going to do because we didn't, we, there was no way that we were going to do a brand new show, meaning her getting a new costume, me get a new costume, right. being that she lives in Miami and I'm in Michigan, there was just no way for us to, you know, coordinate with practices. So what we did is I took my SWAT show and she took her Pink Panther show and we merged them together. Cool. Because we're like, okay, well, what shows do you have and what do I have that we could make them fit? And we had a few and that one, I was just like, that's it. SWAT, Pink Panther, we can make it work. And we did. And to be honest, I flew... um, the competition was in Tampa, Clearwater area. I flew down to where she was, 
a day early. We practiced for about an hour and a half that night, got up the next morning, drove to the competition. We've practiced for maybe three hours total. <laughs> total over like two days. Wow. Yeah. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like, yes, it was very crazy and intense. And that was like a cool win to have. Yeah. I mean, it was very nerve wracking to be honest, because mm. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, a lot of pressure. You want to do good, especially when people think so highly of, you know, the both of us. Right. <laughs> like, we got to do good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely the sign of two professionals oh, taking the win. Yes. Yes. Now, as I mentioned, uh, traveling is probably the biggest part of your job. And if I may go over some of your traveling here already this year. Uh, in January, you were in Knoxville, Tennessee. February, expose in San Diego. You were in Nashville at the Hustler Club, and you were actually uh, judging a competition yeah. for that one. Uh, you were back at the expose in San Diego for the Elite Championship. Uh, Huntsville, Alabama in March. El Paso, I believe, just a week ago. Yes. And now you're here. That is just, I don't know how you keep it straight like how are you with travel just mentally and physically do you take a long time to recover or is it just so second nature at this point you're espresso you're okay? <laughs> yeah all the espresso <laughs> yeah um no actually in this year to be honest has been very slow for me this has been a very slow start to the year i'm wow. used to every other weekend or back to back weekends being somewhere and this year's been pretty slow, so I'm, I'm like, wow, I don't know what to do with myself. But, um, no, the whole traveling aspect, it's, it's very busy for me. I am also a mom. I have three children at home. Oh, okay. So during the week, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Stay at home with the kids, run all the errands, you know, do the responsible parent thing. I hit the gym. That's my week routine. On the weekends... They go to their dad's house. I'm hitting the airport. I'm off. Yeah. And my weekends are super busy. Thursdays are usually all day traveling. Sometimes I have to perform that night. Then I perform Friday, Saturday. And then most of the time Saturday, I'm going straight from the club to the airport because I have to be home by 5, 6 o'clock to get my kids from their dad. Right. So it's just... It's super fast, but you got to do what you got to do in mm. e espresso. <laughs> <laughs> now, as I mentioned in that, you were a judge at a competition. How do you judge? Is it difficult to judge not only your friends, but just kind of based on what you like as a featured dancer? Yes. I, uh, it is hard being a judge. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. But you also want to be fair. You also need people to know, like, hey, you did a good job. Because getting up there is very nerve-wracking. You have this idea. You want people to like it. Maybe it's your first time competing. I mean, there's a lot. You know, I still get nervous every single time I hit the stage, whether it's for a competition or just a booking at that. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. But you also want to give you know, good, constructive 
criticism so they can better themselves, especially if this is something that they want to pursue. Because you don't want to be like, oh yeah, that was awesome, and then it wasn't, and they could have improved so much more, and then people are out there like, well, why are people's shows not that great? Right. Because here you're telling somebody, oh, that was great, when you should have just been honest and like, hey, props to you for getting up there, for giving it your all. Mm. This is what you need to work on to better yourself. I try and be as as fair as possible. If it's my girlfriends that are competing, I mean, majority of my girlfriends, I have seen their shows. Right. So I know what they're capable of. Yeah. So if you're up there and you're just not bringing, like, girlfriend, I know what you can do. (laughs) Do better, you know? If it's, um, it's harder when they're newer girls and you're not aware of what they're capable of doing. Because you're like, okay, well, are they having an off day? Right. Could they be better? Or is this their all? Mm. So it's it's definitely harder to judge established and non-established. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever been blown away by someone that you've never heard of or never saw their routine? That you, they came up for the competition and you're like, wow, that was really impressive. Yes, yes, that has happened. Um, actually, just in Nashville, one of the girls, she did a really good job. She's never, that was her first ever, you know, little feature competition. Wow. And uh, she did. She had, she had, what, what got me was the stage presence. That's a big one for me, mm-hmm. okay? You can have all the tricks you could have all the props you know the amazing costume but if you don't get up there and command attention you lost it for yeah so i mean that's what does it for me okay that's what that's what gets me all excited of course you gotta have you know the overall but when you have that stage presence okay as long as you got that we can build right we can make things better. You can hit the gym more. You can work on your pole tricks. You can do, as long as you got that commanding attention, that stage presence, you're golden. Yeah. So that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about earlier, I imagine that social media can be a difficult part of your job because of the vague terms of service and worrying if your account is going to be there tomorrow, even though what you post isn't graphic what is your approach to this necessary evil they can suck my ghost dick <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel okay like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i just told okay so my facebook page that i was telling everybody that needs to go follow mm-hmm. uh i mainly focus more on gym content now I'm not I've gonna be lie i just it's more gym related or me doing pole practice chair acro practice i'm trying to i've shied away from the thirst trap okay behavior okay because it's okay for say you could post something like that but if i were to post something like that my account gets taken down right make it make sense so <laughs> i just i try and shy away from the thirst trap behavior anymore and just stay focused more on what is really going to get people to watch right and that would be my my gym content or my practice videos something that is friendly for all genders yes 
I can't really say ages because I feel like children should not be on the internet, but that's a different yeah. discussion. <laughs> but we're just going to say it's appropriate for all genders because, you know, men and women can look at what I'm doing and appreciate it in different angles, whether you're like, yeah, I like that angle, or like, oh, wow, she did something really cool. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get to some of that in a little bit as well. Now, one thing that I really enjoy doing is going through people's social media and asking them questions on some of the posts that they have made. Are you willing to answer a couple questions about some Twitter posts? Yes. Okay. Now, the first one I want to ask you about in January, you wrote, all I want for Valentine's Day is to be someone's trophy wife, any takers. (laughs) Now, I'm sure you have people lined out the door to put in their resume for this offer, but is it difficult to have a relationship when you are constantly working? Me personally, no, not really. I do honestly have quite a bit of downtime when I am home. Okay. It's just, I'm really selective. So I don't just give anybody my time. Okay. Well, so that leads to this question. What do you look for in the future, Mr. Parker? (laughs) (laughs) yes that's right he's taking my last name right (laughs) i i look for a man who has goals who is ambitious who is compassionate okay i honest honesty goes such a far way with me and it just seems like nowadays so many people will just tell you what you want to hear This this sounds like you have a story. And, oh gosh, I have so many stories. And it's just, no, don't tell me what I want to hear, especially when I'm up front and telling you, like, this is what I'm looking for. This is how it is. Like, if you want to just bang, nine times out of ten, if you were like, hey, you're hot, I'm hot, you want to bang, I'd probably be like, you know what? I'd prefer a relationship, but I got needs too. Right. We can bang until we find what we're looking for. No problem. But people don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't so. play with my feelings. Play with my vagina. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I, I think I found the title to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the next tweet I would like to ask you about, you did a video, and you were in a hotel room wrapped in a towel, and it was a sexy video, (laughs) and you said, want to see what I like to do when I get back to my room after I've been performing all night? Fucking eat sandwiches, bitches. (laughs) Do you think there are a lot of misconceptions that come with being a feature dancer? Oh, of course, of course. Of course. There's so many different misconceptions to anybody that's in the adult entertainment industry. People just think we live this life of drugs and sex, and and (laughs) maybe some do, but but not all. I mean, not all do. It's very tiring. There's lack of sleep. Travel is nonstop. I mean, you have to... Like me, I'm in the gym all the time to keep myself in shape. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions. <laughs> I can't imagine 
you trying to do what you do on stage on drugs. Like, oh, right? No kidding. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> now the next tweet I would like to ask you about. You wrote, I have a huge heart. That's why my boobs are so big. Now, <laughs> that's just good comedy. I don't care what anybody says. And I kind of tie that into this one. This is a post by DJ Danny Myers. And you did an interview with him. for, And you talked about the upcoming EDI Invitational. And do you wish that you had more opportunities to show your personality on different platforms and media channels and really let people get to know what not only you but feature dancing is all about? Yes. I honestly, I think I deserve my own reality TV show. I'm fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And not to mention uh, the things that I've been going through recently in my personal life. I mean, it would just be like fucking, yeah, it'd it'd be great. I'll shits and giggles. Uh, That's what I would name it too, shits and giggles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the name of your memoir. Yes. (laughs) Splits and giggles. Oh my gosh. But yes, that is, um, I I would like that because there is more to us than just being overly sexualized. And that's what a lot of people see. They see us as an object. We're just the sexual object. We're hot all the time. And, I mean, yeah, physically, I mean, it, it is a little hot in here. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, no, I mean, we are normal people. We do have our ups and our downs. We do have feelings. We get tired, cranky, hangry, you know, all that stuff. So mm. it's, it's not always this over-glamorized vision that people think. It sounds like you need to do interviews when you do competitions when you have all of the women in one place and almost do like a podcast for your youtube channel yes that'd be that would be something for sure yeah just a thought so the last thing i want to ask you about on your links page it says that you are also a content creator yes may i ask about that so I do have an OnlyFans. Okay. I'm not that active on it, to be honest. I mean, I I post, you know, titty pictures or, you know, booty pics, whatever. But I I like being on stage. Okay. That's what I like to do. I made an OnlyFans mainly for when we were all in lockdown. I oh, wasn't, okay. you know, able to go to work and I had to go to work because I have children so that's why it's there and yeah I occasionally post or whatever but I'm not as active on it nor do I care to be as active on it as maybe others are Mm -hmm. I'd rather just make my gym videos and maybe funny stuff and have I'd rather have people see me for who I am and my personality not my holes yeah right (laughs) I mean, they're nice and all, too, but there's more to me than that, okay? (laughs) This this sounds like a a dating app ad, like you're putting on for yourself. It's like, damn it, look beyond that and see me. (laughs) Please. I'm more than just glitter and confetti. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, speaking of which, I... 
I've been recently trying to date, and I mean, it it wasn't that long. Don't, I mean, thankfully, it wasn't that long. I would have been pissed if it was longer. But I mean, <laughs> like I said, I'm very selective of who I give my time to. And so for the past month, I've been seeing this guy, whatever. I mean, we've been hanging out every, every freaking weekend I spent with him at his place. And... Uh, Last time I seen him was just a few days ago, and he's like, oh, I, I got a, a drawer here for your toys. You know, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like, maybe, obviously things are progressing like they should. I have a drawer for my toys at this guy's house. Right. You know, like, not to mention the way he was treating me and the things that we talked about. Anyways, so out of nowhere, like, we were just talking just fine. How's your day, how's your day going? He sends me his location, like, yeah. Okay. Then 30 minutes later, hey, you want to give me a call when you get out of work? And then he responds by showing me a screenshot of my OnlyFans page going, I'm not going to date somebody who has an OnlyFans. Oh, get out. And I'm just like, dude, you know what I do for a living. You know I'm a feature. Even though we never discussed me having an OnlyFans. I mean, it's, we all know it's a fucking cop out. He, he realized, because I did tell him a few days prior, like, hey, you know, I feel really comfortable around you. Like, thanks for treating me so well, because he did. Mm. And uh, then, yeah, obviously, oh, shit, she's getting feelings for me. I just wanted to fuck her, so now I'm just going to block her. But anyways, long story short, <laughs> I... <laughs> Told him very nicely because it's like, you know, if, if you're not feeling the same way, that's fine. Mm. You know, whatever. Eh, it sucks, you know, but whatever. I'd like my toys back. Right. You know, you have my belongings at your place. I would like them back. And he, he straight up told me no. That's he, weird. Yeah. He said I can't get them. So he has my wand and my butt plug. And yes, my butt plug. And I <laughs> and I think um, I'm going to make a hashtag on Twitter, hashtag behind enemy lines, hashtag no man left behind, and I'm going to tag him in it. Okay. And I and I yeah because he does have me blocked on all of my socials except of Twitter, and I think it would just be fucking hilarious and my petty game is unstrong especially when you mess with my feelings and emotions like this individual did right and there was no reason for it so yeah i think that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start this hashtag and i'm gonna tag him and i would so love it if it just took off and got all the retweets and i think i'm even gonna post the story on my miss parker feature entertainer page on facebook and i might even I might even get on YouTube and make a little story Ooh, about this. Oh, I like that. Because from what I've been told, he does this a lot. Oh, he no. dates girls that are in the industry and then at some point in time ends up shaming them for being in the industry and dumping them. And it's like you knew what you were getting involved with. So right. all you were doing was just boosting your ego, getting with beautiful, successful women is what you were doing. So lame. So, yeah. Yeah. Brandon, I would like my butt plug back, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Go on, Brandon. My wand, too. I want my wand. That was my favorite. He knew it was my favorite toy. The fucker. That's right. You're, you're a better man than that, Brandon. Even like, if you're not, give her Come her on, Brandon. Back. Give me my... <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Right. <laughs> Hashtag. No shit. For real. I hope he hears this. <laughs> So, what does the future hold 
for you? Are you going to just continue to do your feature weekends? Do you have any competitions coming up? Do you have any business plans to move in different directions? What do you got? So EDI East is next month, and that is in Huntsville, Alabama. So that is the next competition that I have. And then after that, I just I have my bookings and everything, and then there's Expo in right. Vegas in August. So I'm hoping that I will be up for Entertainer of the Year this year, and I'm hoping that it is my year, and I will have that title. And just I just want to be the best that I can be. That's, that's my, my goals right now. Uh, I plan on being in the industry for as long as my body will allow me to, whether it be, you know, the way I look and the way I can operate still because I don't want to... I, I want to go out on a high note. Yes. Let's put it that way. I want to go out on a high note. I don't want to sit there and be like, damn, she's still... She's still up there shaking her ass. Like <laughs> She should have been done years ago. Right. Regardless, though, I do want to stay in the industry. So whether it be I become a mentor or I open up my own studio or I'm not really sure. I, I had this thought process back a few years ago, but things are constantly changing. Yeah. So... At this point in time, it, it's just I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And uh, I do want to stay in the industry indefinitely. I mean, just we'll see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been absolutely amazing talking to you. I can't wait to see your stage show. I know I'm going to be blown away. One more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody once again where they could find you on social media so they could put Brandon on blast? Yes. <laughs> yes. Please do. You can go and follow me on Facebook on my business page. It is Miss Parker Feature Entertainer. Or you can go to www.allmylinks.com forward slash Miss Parker. And it's MS Parker by the way. Some people think it's M-I-S-S. No, M-S. Yes. Parker. Ms. Parker. Once again, thank you so much for your time and have a wonderful weekend and rest of your year. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I'm glad. <laughs>